1: And John McMullen. Uh, Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
3: Good morning, Eagles fans. Appreciate you streaming on in here to Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys. John McMullen and Jody McDonald here to hang with you as we get that much closer to Eagles Giants. Less than 80 hours now until kickoff of the divisional game to be played in South Philly on Saturday night. Uh, Johnny Mac down in South Philly yesterday, we got some more info to add to our estimation, more like estimation, as to what will be jalen hurts his shoulders uh condition when the game gets underway on saturday night i say more good than bad how about you
4: oh yeah uh far more good than bad i mean now it kind of depends how you frame it obviously he's not on the injury report which was an estimation because it was a walkthrough but uh, so very positive sign. Now, I've, I've seen other people say, well, that means Jalen's completely healthy. No, that doesn't. No, it, it means doesn't. he's going to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> what that means. So um, it kind of depends how you frame it. And I've said from the start, um, it, we're not going to know. Uh, if the Eagles are are protecting him or if he's protecting himself until game time. I mean, yep. and Jalen was asked that question flat out. And even he said, I don't know, depends on the situation. And what I kind of took from that, people can take it however they want. You know, the offense is going to be the offense. And if they get up late, they're going to start protecting things. You know, if they have a comfortable lead, uh, they're going to, err on the side of caution. That's how I kind of took that. But I do expect, well, everybody expected him to play, and and that's certainly going to be the case. And I do expect the Eagles to put the zone read step back of the offense. And, you know, he made that quote, which is a good one. You know, as a starting quarterback in this league, you always have a bounty on your head. Not a bounty in Buddy Ryan terms or Greg Williams, Sean Payton terms, but legitimate Bounties where you know are illegal, but the Johns are going to want to hit that shoulder and test that shoulder. There's no question about it.
3: Uh, again, <laughs> much like yourself, I came away feeling pretty good about it. If you felt one way yesterday at this time if you're on birds 365 appreciate you joining in playoff week uh i feel better about it because hey yes no limitations in practice full go yeah i know it was only a walkthrough but last week they had walkthroughs too and uh he was listed as uh, either partial or or didn't participate in those uh, practices you got to watch he didn't do whole hell of a lot of throwing so that's a a very good step in the right direction love the quote of the the bounty stuff got a bounty him every week he's the quarterback of the philadelphia eagles what do you expect that's about the opposing quarterback uh and the fact that he said he was feeling good yeah i was hoping for a different answer on will you be able to run the offense the way it's normally run he kind of hedged as you laid out that well it kind of depends he didn't know i i was hoping for yeah, we're run our offense. Uh, the, the, the offense is the offense, and it's going to be what it's been all year. He didn't quite go there. So that's my only restraint I'm getting uh, excited about Jalen Hurts and his uh, level of uh, participation and what he's going to be able to do Saturday against the uh, Giants. I, I feel better. I'm still not at 100%, and I still will cling to it. It'll be this way right up until kickoff when the Eagles will defer, if they win the coin flip. Um, the only thing that scares me is Jalen Shoulder. because if, if Jalen is and again, these are uh, individual belief type numbers, 90% of where he was when he was the leading candidate for MVP in the National Football League, Eagles are going to win this game, and they're probably going to win it handily. But we won't know that until the game starts. And we got a little bit more information yesterday, which was good. But uh, not all of it was perfect, uh, but it is certainly a step in the right direction. So we'll take that. Uh, Lane Johnson also back at practice yesterday. A couple legal injuries are going to be very key in this game coming against the Giants. Maybe it's me, but for some reason, <coughs> I'm less concerned about uh, Lane Johnson than I am about Jalen Hurts. And Lane Johnson's injury is actually worse than Jalen Hurts's injury but it's the type of injury that you can play with that you can get numbed up and you can go out there and you can play the game. Uh, we heard so much about how much pain Jalen was in after the game uh, when he, he played against the Giants two weeks ago. Oh, that can be able to say the same thing about lame Johnson, but I I'm pretty damn confident that he's going to go out there and he's going to be lame. Johnson uh, is Jalen hurts going to be Jalen hurts as we know him to the highest level of his play. He had this year, I don't know. I hope so. Cross your fingers, but I think we're going to have to wait and see. I'm more confident that you won't see any kind of a drop off with Jane uh, Lane Johnson. Am I looking at this through eagle colored glasses?
4: Yeah, that's another one where uh, I mean, and I'm a little bit more concerned than how you framed it. There, I would say that. I mean, he is an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, you got to generate power um, from your core. And, and obviously, that's what he's dealing with, the core muscle injury. It's the groin uh, more than the abdomen. Um, now, Lane, you know, spoke pretty freely about it last week. And, you know, when he returned to practice during the bye week, and he, and he seemed very confident uh, that he could play through it. I know he's, Cam Jordan has played through it, and he's friends with him, and he was going to talk to him. Um So probably get more information on that this week. Um, But uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, the thing about Lane is. And, you know, with all due respect for the Giants, and I think, you know, two years from now, we might be having a different conversation because Kayvon Thibodeau is um, a tremendous athlete, but he's raw and he's still, you know. No matter where you look, he only had four sacks. You know, he wasn't. If you want to look at the advanced sites, he wasn't a top fifty edge rusher. He's not there yet, and and is what I'm trying to say. And Lane Johnson is, you know, the best right tackle in the world, as Nick Sirianni calls him. He hasn't given up a sack in over a year. It's ridiculous. He doesn't. He's given up one quarterback hit. Uh, he is a dominant. And, and you know, nobody brings this up. I, I guess because he's a right tackle and, and, you know, some of them, most of the all pro teams now they do it more liberal equally and they do left tackle, right tackle. But in years past when Lane first started, they usually put both left tackles, just left tackles were more high profile. This is a hall of fame level player. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about it with Kelsey Lane Johnson's a hall of fame level player at right tackle. Um, so from the standpoint of 80%, you know, these made up numbers, 90%, um, yeah, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be just fine. My, my question is, can he finish the game? Can he finish, you know, if you're hurt, you're hurt. And it's happened to him before we had to leave. He got hurt in the Giants game originally. That's where it all started. Uh, the blowout at MetLife. And he was forced to leave. Now, it was a blowout, and he said after that game he could have finished if it were a close game. Um, So, you know, there's there's other aspects to it, but he did have to leave the game. And I'm I'm at least, you know, a little wary that he might not be able to finish the game.
3: Uh, Maybe it's because of his career resume, as you just pointed out, uh, we know he's uh, pro bowl All pro these many levels and yeah, hall of fame consideration has to be given as well. I just think he's going to be able to be a full go the entire game and he will play like Lane Johnson, not like a partial Lane Johnson or a compromised Lane Johnson. I think he's going to be Lane Johnson and maybe, yeah, that is a little cockeyed optimistic out of me, but I'm giving you my honest read. I'm doing that with Jalen hurts, which my questions are lessened. But they haven't completely dissipated. Lane Johnson, I'm pretty darn positive. Now, yesterday, you told us you would be highly surprised if Avante Maddox was able to play uh, Sunday against the Giants. And that was kind of confirmed by yesterday. The only Eagle not to participate in practice was Avante Maddox. Maybe that was me just do, trying to do math, trying to figure out how many weeks since he got hurt. And the fact that the Eagles didn't put him on the IR, which they could have, because you mark off four weeks and then you can come back. You like roster flexibility, so if they knew he was going to be guaranteed to be out for at least four weeks, they would have put him on IR. They didn't, so this would have been week four. So I was guess crossing my fingers and hoping that that could be the case. Yeah, it's not happening, is it, John? We're we're, we're just going to have to go under the assumption <clears throat> that Avante Maddox isn't playing until we find out he is, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. And and you know, there is hope that he'll be back whether it's the NFC Championship game or a potential Super Bowl mm. appearance. So, uh but that's yeah. That's one we'll have to um we'll have to wait and see. It's pretty clear um it's gonna, uh, very unlikely he's going to play this week. And you know, the positive to that is you don't have to deal with the big explosive offense, the big explosive passing offense, the great receivers that so many teams around this league have. Uh, you know, Isaiah Hodgins has been a great story. Uh, Darius Slayton's, you know, a competent NFL receiver. Um, and 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 Richie James has done a nice job, but these are not, you know, high-level uh, receivers that you're typically going to see in this league. So you should be able to to get through. And I think Jonathan Gannon made the prudent decision and he flashed it. You know, what's going to happen is CJ Gardner Johnson's going to play safety when they're in their base defense, which is, you know, the two linebackers. Um, and when they need a nickel, uh, CJ's gonna play the nickel and Reed Blankenship is gonna be in at safety, and he's earned it. Um, Reed Blankenship has played better than Josiah Scott more consistently, I think is, is the real sort of uh, thing that put him over the top in that discussion. Cause Josiah's played well at times, but he's also played really poorly at times. And, you know, the consistency just hasn't been there. Reed's been a lot more consistent um, and, and, and CJ's, you know, w- w- probably the best thing about week 18 was that CJ proved he was completely healthy back from the lacerated kidney. Um, and that was a, a big, big positive sign.
3: And you mentioned uh, the Eagles base defense. Isn't the Eagles base defense really with a nickel cornerback out there? Aren't they in that uh, higher percentage of time? Yeah, and they don't yeah. so yeah they need to be old defense, old tropes you're in old, most of the time, and most of the time they've got three cornerbacks on the field.
4: Old 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 tropes die hard. Yes. Uh but they have changed uh uh recently when they played poor passing teams, uh for lack of a better term, and they played less nickel. Um now when they're playing. And, and most teams, you know, most teams in the NFL have, you know, there's differences between the Tyreek Hills of the world and the Devontae Adams and the Justin Jeffersons of the world. But most teams have good receivers that can really hurt you. And, yeah, the majority of the time, the base defense should be defined as having a nickel on the field. Um. But they have shifted in later in the season and and they were playing lesser uh um, nickel back, partially because Avante's not out there. That's probably part of it. When he's playing, they want him out there as much as possible. Um, so that factors into it as well, but also because they thought they could get away against certain teams that weren't very explosive passing the ball. So they have shifted a little bit and and the Giants. Are are that type of team, so they not they might not play as much nickel back as they typically do um, against most teams. Yeah, but the nickel
3: is their base defense now. Uh, No matter who they're playing, I think that they have a third cornerback out there more often than than not. But that's uh, I don't break. Oh, unquestionably
4: from a from a stats point, it's not even close. Right. I'm saying old tropes die hard. You know, people say four-three base defense, three-four base defense. The Eagles don't even play any of that, but that's how people identify it. So,
3: and the the key guy who's going to benefit from it, as you uh, just pointed out, is Reed Blankenship. He's going to be playing some safety because they're going to drop uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson down into the slot uh, to play the slot receiver. Uh, Hopefully he's up for the task. I like the alignment better than when Josiah Scott is out there. You mentioned some good, some bad. The bad has been really bad and it uh, jumps off the page like a sore thumb. Uh, So uh, yeah, Reed Blankenship. uh, Now Daniel Jones is a very good running quarterback. Actually, he's a better running quarterback than the Giants third string quarterback who did run over Reed Blankenship down by the end zone earlier that's one play that reed would like that back but he has played uh pretty darn well when he was just straight up filling in for chauncey gardner johnson and he's probably gonna have to make some plays against the giants uh this this upcoming saturday all right last question for you before we get up our first guest that would be as usual on wednesday's mike gill hey are there any awards to be won gill coming up uh, here in a couple of minutes There's
4: the wednesday award Yeah, not for the Eagles. They didn't have to play, so that was their it, award. not the They don't get That's
3: the. the they don't get the bye week award. They didn't have the yeah. the, the eating of the Pizza Hut for the Giants for the coaches. That's the best. Giants By the that. way,
4: can I just throw? You know, I made a lot of jokes about uh, that yesterday. There were a stunning amount of Giants fans that took that as disrespect. I I don't I don't know what's wrong with people. I really don't. This game can't come close enough. So, you know, I, I, I joked, I put the over-under at, at two and a half uh, fans taking this seriously. I, I put Eagles coaches order dinner during giants Vikings game. I haven't seen that level of disrespect since Micah Parsons talked about how talented the Eagles offense was. You know, kind of tweaking both ends of the spectrum, the Eagles fans and Giants fans. And I said, how many people are going to think this is serious? There can't be anybody not getting this kind of sarcasm. Oh, there were people. It was way over two and a half. It was way over two and a half. That was the easiest prop bet of all time. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable,
3: Jody. And I'm kind of with Siri on this. I like Stuff cuss Pizza. I thought it was a good call by him. Some people go, nobody eats Pizza Hut anymore. Why? They got all these other great well, that, that was the other. other you get another pizza. They're really, they we're They're evaluating the choice of Pizza Hut as oh their, their, you know their pizza restaurant choice. Come on, we then, you know we
4: have better things to talk about with the Eagles Giants coming up as to how misguided they were to go to the pizza Hut call? Oh my god, you had so many pizza snobs. You gotta go local. Oh you can't do that. You can't go to just stop it. Stop exactly. it. You don't have to parse they're human beings. He wanted stuff crust pizza. Leave him alone.
3: Exactly. And I happen to be a fan of the, the Pizza Hut. It's been been a while, but I've always enjoyed it. So good on Nick that he got the kind of pizza that he wanted. Uh, I am going to ask both you and Mike Gill, who's going to join us coming kind up of in just a couple of minutes, about the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and what this game kind of means to his resume. Phenomenal year, coach of the year candidate, may or may not get it. I think it's uh, three of the f- uh, four teams left in the nfc playoffs are the top candidates for coach of the year um and i think any one of the three can legitimately lay claim to it one of them will get it in my estimation but reputations grow with postseason wins so how big a game this is for uh, coach uriani all right he's john McMahon. i'm johnny mcdonald you got your mac and mac guys here on birds 365 as we do on wednesdays we're going to head down to shore next Mike Gill from the Sports Pass uh, 93.7 ESPN radio, gonna stream on in with us here on Birds 365.
5: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at Valle Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since
6: 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
7: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
6: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like
2: So Good Now.
4: It's all about
2: you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
8: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
0: With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we
2: not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying?
0: And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
3: down kickoff of Eagles Giants is on. We appreciate your being part of it here on Birds 365. While you're at, it, you can hit the like button. They always do. When Gil comes out, everybody hits the like button. Why? I don't know, but they seem to like him, so we appreciate those of you who do. Uh, Mike Gill looks like he's rocking some kind of hoodie this morning, much like Nick Foles. And, uh, Nick Foles. Nick Sirianni and uh, Jalen Hurts. What do you got on the hoodie today, Gil? What's it say? Uh,
9: just plain. Just, just blue.
3: Special.
4: No, like no uh, WBU today. Uh,
9: nope. I thought about it, but
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah no, that, it's yeah. a Philly thing today. That was yeah. the big thing in That's the Eagles uh, locker room. I don't want to
9: pander to anybody today.
4: Yeah. Come the on. Panderer, yeah, the pander in chief. Uh, you know, but people aren't happy, Mike, because he didn't get the right pizza. He didn't go local. No. Your own <laughs> producer. I want to rip Josh Hennig. Nice guy. But he was one of those snobs. uh, You know, I was making fun of the whole thing. And he was like, well, he should order from a local. I mean, come on. Who cares? I I wanted to know,
9: as soon as he said that, and then it's everywhere. How many people last night either thought about because they haven't ordered Pizza Hut in however long, or actually said, you know what? I'm going to get Pizza Hut tonight. Like, that was... A yeah, yeah they should
4: get a sponsorship absolutely
9: it. yeah yeah absolutely how many people thought about it or actually pulled the trigger
3: guilty as charged i absolutely did uh didn't get it because there's not a pizza out in my area the one we had shut down 20 years ago so that's why i just don't get pizza if it was still close i'd still get it but it shut down 20 years ago but it absolutely w- worked on me and uh You're right. Sirianni should at least get a uh, free pie sent over to him today, uh, later today. All right. Here's what I need out of you, Gil. I asked this of John in the first segment. I had BLG on my uh, uh, WIP show last night. If you felt the way you felt about Jalen Hurts at this time yesterday, and then you had the assembly of the Eagles down in South Philly and the listing on the injury list and the Uh, Quotes by Jalen Hurts afterwards. John and I both feel better about it. Don't know to the same degree. So I'm asking you, how much better do you feel about Jalen Hurts and his ailing shoulder after the first day of activity leading up to the Giant game yesterday?
9: Um, I mean, I would say that I'm almost not even thinking about it at this point. I don't know that might sound like, how can you not think about it? I mean, I don't know what the injury was. None of us really do. But, you know, John had been on my show a bunch, and, and we had kind of thought it was like a two- to three-week thing. We're talking about five, six weeks now since this happened. I mean, that game that he played in, he played in a game two weeks ago. If he was healthy enough and cleared to play in a NFL football game, he had to have been healthy enough that you're not concerned about this injury going forward. This is two weeks later. I've woke up – now I'm 45 years old. But I've woke up some days where, like, out of nowhere, I have no idea what happened, and I can't put any weight on my ankle. And then the next day, it's just gone. Like, gone. This guy's <laughs> 44 years old. I-, I can't imagine if he played – in a National Football League game with an injury, that two weeks later that it's not significantly better after really doing nothing, I, I kind of am at the point now where I think, is he going to be limited? I don't think the playbook will be limited. How
4: about that? Yeah, and that's kind of how I phrased it as well, Mike. The playbook isn't going to be limited. Now, I want to see... You know, it's interesting because that's what... The, the medical sort of documentation is right grade two, sc joint shoulder sprain two to three weeks, but here's where and and we had a doctor on 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 this program who kind of explained it uh, well. Uh, Jess Flynn. um, you know the difference is it, 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 these these you know sort of timetables are are talking about normal people which, you know, you don't sprain your SC joint, maybe in a car accident, you got to have a, a, a weird hit. And then you're going to go out and be in another car accident. Uh Jalen Hurts, even though he's 24, even though, as Nick Sirianni says, he has superpower like healing capabilities, he does the injury. And then he's going out and having 260 pounds edge rushers going at him again. And even if it's going to practice and throwing the football. Well, typically if you're just rehabbing from this injury, you're just taking it easy. He can't take it easy. And that's why my concern is, well, there's two concerns. One, if he gets hit on the button again, uh, that's a big concern. And obviously we know Wink Martindale is going to bring the house, uh, even though, he, he gave the Vikings a curveball. That's because the Vikings are the Vikings. He's not going to do that against the Eagles. Um, so that's number one. Number two is, is the setup. Look, I expect the Eagles to beat the Giants. Then you got one week and you're back at it again against either the 49ers or Cowboys. When he had the two weeks off and, and things could calm down with that injury, Mike, and if they get to the Super Bowl you have 2 weeks off again but in between you got to go through all those car crashes with that injury and you got to be out there a week a week later those are my two concerns
9: uh, right you know the the constant action that is about to come that you know could it, it could further bring the injury back or reoccur or cause some more pain uh, but i think entering this game it's almost to the point where i'm i'm at peace with i think he's going to be pretty good the playbook's going to be you know the game we've said it before if he plays the game that he played 2 weeks ago they're not winning this game right uh, most likely we're talking about what a disappointment this was and how unfortunate it was that the quarterback got hurt that late in the season And it really affected his play. I don't know when we're all back. Your guys on Birds 365, me on 97.3 doing my show on Monday that we're talking about. They lost this game because Jalen Hurts was not Jalen Hurts. I think you're going to get uh, the the version that we saw for most of this year. I, I think that the playbook will be open. He will be making his decisions. And he made decisions at an MVP level this year. That's why he was in that conversation and deserved to be in that conversation. Every decision he made, I mean, I don't know how many plays he was a part of this year, but he made the right decision probably 98% of the time. That's unbelievable.
3: And we'll see what those decisions are on Saturday. I'm glad to hear or get the feeling both you guys a little bit more optimistic. Than I and I'm not pessimistic, but... And Gil's like, injury? What? Shoulder? Um <laughs> I- I'm not quite there yet. But where I am on the positive side, the optimistic side, is Lane Johnson. I think they're going to plug and play Lane Johnson, and he's going to be the pro-ball, all-pro, future Hall of Fame level right tackle that he has been for years here in Philadelphia, even though his injury is supposedly more severe than the one Jalen Hurts is dealing with. And he's coming back. Basically, on the same time frame Jalen Hurts did. Um, is this just rooting interest that I got eagle colored glasses on? I know I got different coloration on my face, but I'm not wearing glasses. I can assure you that. Maybe wearing a hat. Uh, where are you at with Lane Johnson and what level he's going to play at on Saturday?
9: See, that's where I'm a little concerned. Uh, we've seen this rodeo with Lane Johnson before. You know, the ankle he tried to play. Now, that could have been a byproduct of look, the team lane is just not good enough. We know you're trying, but you know, we're not, it's this year, is just not there. Go get the thing fixed. Um, he played in the giant game that they won 48 22, and he had to leave that game. Now, he did say afterwards, I could have gone back if they needed me. Um, If he's out there, I think he's going to play at an all-pro level. You're going to see that. It's the pain tolerance thing, and it's something going to happen where he twists or turns or something where he has to leave the field, and you're back to this. Is he coming back? Is he leaving? Is he – you know? I, I feel like he is definitely more of a question than hurts. At the end of the game, we might say, hey, they both got through the game. They both played really well. But I think of the two, the guy that I'm more concerned about getting through the game would be Lane Johnson. And and if he's out, it really changes the dynamics of the playbook, I think.
3: And let let me follow up, uh, if you uh, allow me, John. I actually got a a foolish call last night who said, and if they don't help Lane Johnson on that side of the uh, defensive line, (laughs) they're going to be in trouble. I'm
4: sorry. And I'm going,
3: are you kidding me? (laughs) With his backup, they didn't give extra help on that side. With Lane Johnson standing on the sidelines, they stuck to their offensive philosophy. You really think they're going to get now? Uh Uh-oh, Lane's not quite 100%. We better put an extra tight end in there. We better keep a back end to chip on that side. Are you nuts? They will play Lane Johnson the way they played Lane Johnson every game, certainly since Sirianni got here and probably all the way back to Dougie P. Um, there's going to be no change whatsoever in the Eagles. We're actually debating as to whether the Eagles will once again, like they did against the Giants two weeks ago, alter their overall way of calling plays because of the injury to the quarterback. They're not going to have any change whatsoever because of Lane Johnson, are they?
9: No, 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 I would not uh, anticipate that. The only change would be they could do more. (laughs) The only change they could do uh, because Lane Johnson's out there is they have more trust in, in what they can do on that side of the ball. Um, look, Lake Johnson, though, we all know the record when he's not out there. Were they Th- 13 and 22 or something like yeah, that? It's, and uh... he's not there. Uh, I think he's key. I mean, the Giants, you mentioned something, John, about Wink Martindale. I think that is going to be a very interesting story. Uh, you sound pretty adamant that Wink's going to send pressure. They blitzed 55% of the time against the Eagles this year. They blitzed, and it did not work. The Eagles blitzed them when they blitzed this year. Uh, Jalen Hurts was significantly better and more effective when the Giants blitzed them. They didn't blitz last week. They blitzed 22% of the time. Now, you're saying, well, that's because it's the uh, Vikings. You got a guy who you think might be compromised. So, yeah, it sounds like they would blitz them. But is Wink Martindale also saying we've blitzed them enough this year and they've blitzed us? Should we show them something different? That to me is going to be a very interesting – maybe it's not a chess match. Maybe it's more checkers. But I'm interested to see if Wink Martindale finds his inner John Gannon. I see people in the Mm -hmm. chat, if the Eagles lose, it's because of John Gannon. The Giants are only (laughs) at this point because they found their inner John Gannon. That's why they're Mm -hmm. here. That's why they beat the Vikings last week because they did not blitz the Vikings because if they did blitz the Vikings, like they did the first time they would have
4: lost. Yeah, most likely Uh, Wink did a tremendous job, but you and I talk about this all the time. People put too much into what happens one week into the next week. And they're two completely different teams where Wink got it right, you mentioned you can't deal with Jefferson in, 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 in man-to-man coverage. Now you can't deal with A.J. Brown um, either. Uh, so there are different parts of it in the equation. One of them was Dexter Lawrence dominated that game because the center's Garrett Bradbury, and the left guard's Ezra Cleveland. Uh, poor pass protectors. This time you have Jason Kelsey and and Landon Dickerson and Isaac Sayamalo. Dexter's a great player, but he's not going to get 10 pressures or whatever he got. So you can't just afford to sit back there. Kayvon Thibodeau, I, as I told Jody before you came on, you know, two years later, I might be talking differently. But right now, Lane Johnson at 80, 85% against Kayvon Thibodeau is a mismatch in the Eagles favor. I mean, he's going to dominate that kid. He's got four sacks, and people see the big name and, you know, top 10 pick, and they oh, Kayvon Thibodeau. He hasn't been that good as a rookie. I think he's going to be a a good player. And then here's the second part where Wink is going to talk himself into it. Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney are back. They weren't there uh, when the Eagles uh, destroyed the Giants at MetLife Stadium. He's going to have more confidence in the back end. And then the final, the tying the bow together, he wants to hit the quarterback because the quarterback has a shoulder injury and he wants to test the shoulder and he's not going to get home with a four man rush against this offensive line. So it's basically pick your poison. If you're wink Martindale, but his default setting is blitz. He's going to blitz.
9: Well, that's a good thing for the Eagles then. I mean, if they're gonna blitz and and I agree to to the most extent i fifty percent of the time, maybe they dial back a little bit on that, but they still blitz on average about forty four forty five percent of the time but you know, I do think that you're right I, I just am interested to see if he says, you know what I'm gonna show more restraint Well, he might show
4: to- some more should, like you said fifty five is a ridiculous number. And if A.J. starts gashing them early down the field, you know, you have to adjust. Uh, That's the problem dealing with the Eagles offense when everything is in play. You know, you can try to stop A.J. Brown, but then you got Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, vice versa. Um, You can, if Jalen Hurts uh, in the zone read is back in play, you got to deal with the running game and you got to worry about the quarterback. And, oh, yeah, you're built on the foundation of the best offensive line in football. Well, and the the first
9: time they played, Miles Sanders had 17 carries, 177 yards. He was not on the injury report yesterday. He's been wearing that brace. I'm imagining that maybe they take the, you know, the blinders off of him too and that he's able to kind of be. Yeah, it's
4: the playoffs, man. They are. There's not going to be a pitch count. He's been on a pitch count. Jalen Hurts is going to run the zone read um there's nothing to save anybody for anymore you got to win and even though it looks relatively easy on paper from this perspective usually at this point there's some genuine concern uh if the eagles play well they're going to win this game uh, the question is you know health wise and 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 where that playbook as you mentioned before mike they try to scale the playbook then you have some issues but i don't think that's going to be the case and a key aspect
3: for me if you just work off last week's game against minnesota which they did keep jefferson in check they got to the quarterback without having to send uh, blitz packages and tj hawkinson kind of lit him up and i like tj hawkinson and when the vikings made the trade i thought it was an outstanding acquisition he's not dallas goddard So if they try and throw the same defense out that they did against Minnesota, could Goddard be the key guy downfield? Know the relationship between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. And you know how big a Devonta Smith fan I am. But if I'm making a guess on one guy who's going to have a breakout game I think it could be Goddard against those giant linebackers in pass coverages. And if Jalen's shoulder is any questionable though all, the easiest throws usually to make are to the tight end. You think this could be a breakout week for uh, Dallas Goddard, Mike?
9: I'm a big Goddard fan. I think he is uh, an outstanding weapon that unfortunately uh, gets overshadowed name wise because of some of the other guys he plays with. And then the other tight ends that he's up against, but yeah, I, I agree. Hawkinson, uh, really, the last couple of weeks, the Giants have had some struggles now um if they if they <laughs> if they blitz a lot and there's one on one coverage on the outside i I don't know that he is as effective because I think you go back to what they did the first really the first and second time they played him when the Giants blitz hurts threw it up, and there's one on one coverage a j Brown is getting thirty seven yard passes down the field. They did have a play though, where the Giants sent pressure and they jumped over the top a little tight end screen to Goddard, and he ended up getting about a thirty yard catch on that. But yeah, Goddard to me, you know, you see Hawkinson. Uh, I agree. I-, I like Hawkinson. Like if Detroit would have kept Hawkinson, you know, they-, they ended up trading him because they were way out of it, and then they got back into that thing. Think about a weapon that they just kind of gave up on. Um, that that was a big factor for Minnesota. But Goddard to me. He's up there with the Kittles and the Kelsies in terms of how good he can be. Uh, he's not nearly as effective. I guess he's not nearly the center. but like Kelsey's the whole offense out there, essentially. He's most of the pass game. Kittle has been a much bigger part. They got a lot of weapons, but Kittle's been a lot bigger part of the offense since Purdy has taken over. Um, and-, and Goddard just isn't on that. Uh, level because of everybody that's around him he's kind of the third option in the past game and then of course they have such an effective run game I think that takes away some of his league-wide name recognition
4: yeah and uh, you know I, I picked Dallas Goddard I was wrong uh, it was Lane Johnson but I picked Dallas Goddard before the season as my top overall Eagles player just pure football player I still think he's number two or three but Lane was so good this year Uh, He was number one. Um, Now, one bad piece of injury news, Mike, was that uh, Avante Maddox, it it looks like, uh, still early, uh, but it looks like he's not going to be able to go. He was the only player who wasn't estimated to participate in the walkthrough yesterday. You know, that sort of – you have these moving parts. We always talk about moving parts on the offensive line. The Eagles don't like it defensively. It's worked out. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson returns. They put him in the slot when they need a nickel back. They let him play safety when they don't need a nickel corner. Um, Any concern, Noah Bonte-Maddox?
9: Um. Long term, if he doesn't come back, yes, this would be the week that you would have the least concern. The Giants are pretty limited. You know, the funny thing about Eagles fans, <laughs> this is the matchup that everybody would say, I'll play the Giants again. Now that they've won, the fact that they've won, people are now like a little concerned. I, I get the sense that people have some yeah. concern after oh, yeah. they've after they just wanted it. Well, they have to win the game for you to match up with them, and this is the <laughs> matchup they wanted. So the fact that they won, you can't now be concerned. They are so limited. You mentioned this on my show yesterday, John, and and, and I talked about it as well. Minnesota's defense is just not – like, think of the Eagles bad. last year. They it's played – yeah. They they played – the John Gannon force rushing for not blitzing a whole heck of a lot the problem was the Eagles defense last year was not talented enough to play that defense and that's why they had some problems they had Steve Nelson who was not fast enough to, to, to cover so they had to play him so far off the ball they didn't have enough pressure up front to really get enough pressure uh, and they had problems with that defense last year they got better as the year went on but they just weren't talented enough Minnesota's defense doesn't have enough talent. They're slow in the secondary. They don't get enough – they don't have enough rotating rushers up front. Um, And the Giants, who are limited, limited on the outside, were able to use that to their advantage. That's not going to happen – that shouldn't happen this week. That's why I think Maddox being out is not as big of a deal in this particular game. Now, if he's out against Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and actually – That's that, different.
4: that's that's he's different. out, you know, yeah. against
9: the uh, CD lamb, the way they used lamb the last time. Uh, I think you have a little
3: bit more of a question. And oh, by the way, I want to shoot down a, a line of logic that people have expressed since we knew this was going to be the matchup. The improved New York giant football team. Really? How are we measuring that? At one point this year, the giants were six and one. They finished up nine, seven, and one. You want to go nine, six, and one, not count the game that they brought the JV players in against the Eagles. I did the same thing for the Eagles last year in the last game against the Cowboys. So I should give the Giants at least the same accord. So from six and one to nine, six and one, where's the improved Giant team? Do we need to go all the way back to preseason expectations? Because I know I did, I know John did. Neither one of us thought the Giants were going to be any good. They were going to be a below 500 team. They're going to be a two-horse race in the East, Eagles and Cowboys, Commanders and Giants, well behind on both. And to their credit, they they passed preseason expectations. But wh- where is the Giant massive improvement? Because they beat up a Nick Foles-led Colt team to lock in a playoff spot in Week 17? Is it just last week when they beat up on the Vikings, which is one of the worst defenses in the NFL? Where is this mindset coming? Hey, it's a much improved giant team from the one that uh, the Eagles whitewashed uh, four, six weeks ago up there in their place. Not really. They, let's see from there. Oh, they beat the commanders on one of the worst nine calls of the entire year. Pass interference in the end zone at the end of the game when commanders were down eight and the Giant D-back just flat-out mugged the guy in the end zone, and the ref said, penalty? I don't see a penalty on that one. All right, fine. That's uh, their their, their key win. And then, like I said, the Colt win. Other than that, uh, they got beat by Minnesota. Where does the line of logic come that the Giants are a much-improved team, Mike Gil?
9: Well, I think it's the fact that the Eagles fans, you know, a lot of times don't get to see the Giants. They're on at the same time. Last week, you got a chance to lock in and watch them for a full game. And if you did watch them last week for the first time in a full game setting, then they did look pretty good. Uh, Daniel Jones looked pretty good last week. Now, if you look back, you'd see Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards. He ran for 70-plus yards, and he did that a couple of weeks ago. It happened to be against the same yeah, team. the Vikings. Yeah. If you sprinkle yeah. in the rest of his starts, he really only threw for over 200 yards a handful of times this year. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's the fact that, You saw them play. They looked good last week against it. Look, I think most of us would say that Minnesota team we were not all that impressed with. Um, The other thing would be, Jody, I do think that Eagles fans understand that this is a well-coached Giants team. Day Bowl has certainly, you know, why are they so improved from last year to this year? The roster is not much better. They only—I think—they only made like two free agent signings. It's not like they went out and became one of those teams that signed all these guys and made all these moves that had you looking at the Giants. This team is just way better prepared and way better coached. Um, that is what has them. You know, you mentioned Brian Dable or the coach of the year thing. He probably should and will win that award and I think that's one of the reasons why you look at this team it's it's like anything you know when Jacksonville hired Urban Meyer last year who ended up being a complete failure there was intrigue in that team like oh this could be a fun interesting team they got this new coach and it ended up being a dumpster fire not that Dable had that kind of cachet but now that they're here it's this guy's a good coach like they're going to be really well prepared and you know what kind of game plan are they going to have? And I think they deserve that with him because he's done that good of a job to get them here.
4: Yeah. I, I at Mike Gill's show, by the way, last one from me, Mike, the sports bash ESPN, South Jersey. Um, you, you, brian dayball is he's my coach of the year. Um, and, and probably because my definition is doing the most with the least. And I think he's done the most with the least, um, and Doug Peterson would also be in that conversation. Maybe that's a little unfair to Nick Sirianni because I didn't expect uh, the Eagles to be this good, uh, but they were this good, um, and he deserves credit for that. Lovey Smith, I, most with the least. I, I <laughs> that's that's a good. Well, certainly the last play of the season, I give Lovey a lot of credit for to sticking it to Houston on the way out the door. But uh, I um. From the coaching perspective here, I do get that feeling. Like Eagles from Eagles fans, like, whoa, the Giants are so well coached. Not only Dayball, but Wink and and, and Mike Katka, um, who's getting head coaching nibbles already in his young coaching career. Um, the Eagles are 14 and stinking one with the starting quarterback. Um, but Gannon stinks, we all know that. Um <laughs> Nick's, Nick's a goop ball, uh ordering stuffed crust pizza. Shane Steichen either he runs it too uh too little, passes it too much, or vice versa, depending on the week. Um why? Why is you know this is a pretty good stat. Why are they like, ooh, you uh, yeah, how do you how do you match up with the preparation of Brian Dayball, who I love? Staff's pretty good.
9: Yeah, I think the Eagles staff is interesting. Um, this is We talked about this on my show, you know, the fact, you know, you got Peterson wins that game, and then all these Eagle fans are outpouring of, Dougie P, great job. Like, there is, like, this look over there of, huh, where your guy lost in the playoffs last year. He'll get another chance at it. And this staff, really, they didn't have any turnover on this staff. So this staff got a taste of the playoffs. Didn't go very well last year. Not that you thought it would if you enter this game and this staff loses a second time in two playoffs, are you going to start to, to question anything about, well, they already do question the defensive coordinator. Certainly uh, the offensive coordinator, I don't think gets as much scorn, nor does he really deserve the scorn. Uh, but Nick Sirianni as the that coach. Uh, like I, I think he is while the team is good and he's, you know, I think he's very popular. I I, I don't think that he's uh, negatively looked upon. But if he was to lose this game, I, you wonder what people would think of Nick Sirianni. I don't know if people like outpouringly love this guy. I don't certainly don't think they hate the guy. He's an interesting cat in this whole thing because he doesn't get a lot of the scorn. Well, they only lost three games. That being said. He doesn't get a lot of the scorn when the game is too close for people. You know, that usually goes to Gannon. They should have blitzed more. They didn't do this. They should, the team shouldn't even have been in the game. Uh, so I, I definitely think that the Eagles coaching staff is kind of a weird relationship with a team that's 14 and three, right? I mean, isn't it? It's tremendously weird. That there would be less questions I for mean, a team that's 14 I, and three. I
4: always say, you know, and, and, it that Jalen Hurts got hurt. That's part of it, no question. But again, 14 and one with the starting quarterback. Um, top five offense, top five defense, franchise record for wins. Branch been around since 1933. Now, granted, they weren't playing 16 games that whole time, now they play 17, but they were at 13 and one. Uh, before Jalen Hurts got hurt, um, again, top five offense, top five defense. Record number of sacks, that's all the fans want. Sacks, sack, 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 go get the quarterback. Record, almost set the NFL record. Forget about the franchise record. Came up a little bit short. Yeah, it's bizarre to me. It's bizarre. I I said, you know, starting. I'll say it right now. The Eagles aren't going to be this good next season. (laughs) They might be good. They're not going to be this good.
9: Yeah, they have a lot of decisions to make as soon as this uh, season's over, and a lot of them on that defensive side of the ball. And look, quite frankly, whether we like it or not, John Gannon most likely, uh, or I guess there's a 50-50 shot that he's not here uh, if he's the favorite in Houston. Shane Steichen could follow him out the door, and a lot of this offense – a lot of the good feel on this offense, guys, is the fact that Jalen Hurts has said, you know, I got the same play caller for two straight years now. Never had that before. If Steichen walks out the door, you got to find him. Either you go back to Sirianni as the play caller or you bring, I don't know, somebody on the staff here that they have a good feel about that could walk right back into the same offense. Whatever it is, it's not going to be the same, right? It, it, wh- whatever happens, there's a good possibility that this staff is not intact next year at two very key spots.
3: All right, Mike, last one. And this is crystal ball time. If let's just say Dexter Lawrence and all 340 pounds of him uh, on either a run or a passing play happens to land on Jalen Hurts just right. And the shoulder goes bad and he's got to come out of the game. Ken, the gardener, the mustache, lead the Philadelphia Eagles to a coming-off-the-bench victory against the New York Giants?
9: Sure. I mean, look, Gardner had a tough game against the Saints. There's no question about that. But he has also displayed that he – Now, I don't think he has ever, since he's been with the Eagles, had to come into a game in that situation. He, He has started games. He has not had to come in in relief in the middle of a game that was meaningful. He's come in relief in blowouts. And I don't think he's ever come in in the middle of a game that's competitive. He's either started the game or he's been in a blowout. But, yeah, I mean, Gardner is a well-paid, competent backup. Uh, That's the reason why the Eagles went and got him. And this is a a team in the Giants that Gardner would probably flourish against. You know, he has had his good games um, in the past. You know, he he had a good game against Dallas' defense, which is far superior to the Giant defense. He threw for over 300 yards in that game. Uh, he'd also turn the ball over a couple times and that's yeah, huh? with him. But yeah, I, I think if, if they had to turn to Gardner and the game was still competitive uh, sure that he could, he could lead a, uh them back. The big problem would be if he was the quarterback for an extended period of time, if Hertz just got knocked out and couldn't play the rest of the way. Well, then I think you have some questions moving forward. You would have a possible man, uh, Brock Purdy, Purdy. Gardner, Gardner, and who, possible Who, who doesn't
4: want to see that? Brock Purdy yeah. versus that, that Gardner. That
3: would Minshew. be a massive mismatch <laughs> in favor of the visiting team, if that were the case. If <laughs> Gardner's got to play a half this upcoming week, Eagles DOA. That on arrival. Not happening. Uh, he's neither highly paid and or all that. He, he's compared to the other backups in the NFL. He's good. Compared to the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL, he's lacking. And no, he's question,
9: gotta, no question, no question. Yeah, but this Giants team is lacking. Let's not forget that, right? This Giants team is lacking as well. And this would be, I think, a monumental disappointment if oh, they lost this game. I,
4: I will this game. rip this team to high heaven. Tune in uh, Monday if they lose this game. They ain't losing this game. They're not losing this game. This would have to be a complete, complete collapse in the same way they lost to Washington. I'm talking four turnovers. I'm talking mistakes all over the field. I, I This is a mismatch from a personnel standpoint. Mismatch, yes, and that's why we talked about it.
3: No, the only way they'll avoid being crushed by yours truly as well is if Gardner Minshew actually does have to come into the game. Uh, that, that would get him a pass in my eyes. But other than that, we're all in agreement. Eagles should and probably will win this game. Mike Gill, always good to get you on, brother. Appreciate the hoodie look. at uh, You got to be a little better with the and chief stuff going forward, though. Uh, yeah. Just plain blue isn't going to cut it. But <laughs> No, I got some design on here, man. Look at that.
4: There we go. Where we? What's the logo? A little bit. Who's uh, it's a Patagonia.
9: I got it from my there girlfriend. There we go. That's uh, like uh, Pizza Hut.
4: Hopefully, we get a Thanks. sponsor. Yeah,
9: by the way, uh, a Twitter poll that I put out 60% thought about ordering Pizza Hut, 40% actually ordered it.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: Wow, that's a yeah. good number. That's, uh, yeah, Nick's got to get at least one
4: comp big 5 got to get a I commission. Got to get a commission for that. Got to get yeah. a commission for that. I could see the disrespect <laughs> to stop and eat instead of prepare for the New York Giants. What profound disrespect! Well, I
9: don't know. I don't know the Philly pizza scene nearly as well. So, um, like, like if he was down the shore, you know, people would be getting on him because he didn't go to like Tony's Baltimore Grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, you got to well, get Josh a pie. got
4: on him. Josh got on him because he should have went local. Uh, right but i'm saying
9: yeah. where's the local spot i don't know oh, where there's, there's local... a million of them there's well, a million yeah, and a half of them
4: manco and manco's
3: has got to be the number one Man. spot right down the shore, down so you the the shore ocean, if you're an ocean
9: right yeah if you're in ocean city they actually have a spot in summer's point too but like yeah but I mean, if you're in atlantic city you go to tony's baltimore grill you get a pie over there you know you maybe yeah. go over to uh tony
4: baloney's yeah Pizza. You know, another West Virginia guy, Kevin Kincaid uh, at Crossing Broad, he knows well. You know, whether it's IPAs, whether it's pizza, whether it's cheesesteaks, everybody's got to chime in. Just let everybody live. If somebody wants pizza, yeah, go get pizza. If exactly. they want this stinking cheese steak. Go get this cheese steak. You know, those
9: Pizza Hut's bringing back the New Yorker, the big New Yorker pizza from the 90s. They're bringing that back. Yes. Yes. Did not know that. I'm going to have to get one of those. It was a big Uh, story. It was a big story last week. There's a Pizza Hut for uh, five minutes from my studio that I honestly could have – I totally forgot it was sitting there, and it's right on Tilton Road – in, in eht it's like right on the road and com- i haven't been in a pizza hut my god i can't believe it but i literally said hey you know my girlfriend's away so i'm like at home by myself this week so i was like huh maybe a pizza hut doesn't
3: sound like such a bad idea there nick sirianni exactly right uh, as always mr gill quality information and opinion from you we thank you for it uh, we will get you up again next week Win or lose, better not be a loss, because, yeah, we'll all be beaten up on the birds if that's the case. Appreciate you jumping in with us today, bud. We'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas, take care. Thanks, Mike. Here with us on uh, Birds 365. All right, quickie comment before we go to break. A couple of you guys have noted it on the uh, stream. My camera is not fuzzy. My face is fuzzy, Okay. For those of you who didn't see us at the beginning of the week, yours truly had a uh, medical procedure last week. I had to have some skin cancer removed from the top of my noggin. Um, due to the digging around I had to do up there, it caused some trauma. And yeah, it's now I'm getting a little orange in there. Now, that's always a good sign because it's got to go from purple to orange. Mm-hmm. So the coloration of my face is not due to any camera misfunction that I have. No, that's my actual ugly face that uh, I'm, I'm coming back from a little uh, uh, s- specific swelling on my face. So I, I'm a gamer. I play through pain. I'm going to be just like Lane Johnson. Other than the look of it, you're not going to be able to tell. I'm going to be at the top of my game. Those of you who were listening earlier in the week and knew the backstory, thanks for saying, I uh, hope I'm feeling better. I am, thanks, and I'm actually clearing up. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reparations to be done here to get all this ugly, but we're working at it as hard as possible. So thanks uh, for the good wishes and filling in the blanks for the rest of you guys. We'll fill it in for you for another 55 minutes, including talking to Scott Grayson, our bud from Fox 29. He's going to join us in about 15 minutes. Macamac and Mac on Bird's 365.
5: managing director here at delval insurance group been in the business for over 36 years saving people money on their insurance needs give us a call let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget
6: since 1977 it's always been about you the community at rafferty subaru and through the subaru love promise we prove we care by supporting charities like so good now
7: Soga Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
6: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now.
2: It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
8: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: got John McBone and Jody McDonald, your Mega Mac guys, here on Birds 365. Scotty Grayson from Fox 29 going to jump in in uh, less than 15 minutes from now. All right, Johnny Mac, uh, I I ran this by BLG last night on on WIP, and uh, he didn't have the answer. Not surprising. It was an unfair question by me. So I might as well put it to my partner here on Birds 365 as well. How much money, if the Eagles win this week, if they're victorious over the, the Giants, how much money is Tyree Cleveland going to make this week? Tyree Cleveland? uh um. being added to the Eagles practice squad. And we know that NFL players, when they advance in the playoffs, get bonus money. It's actually paid by the league, not by the individual teams. They put money aside. Um, as per uh, the the crowds that come into the the postseason games. And players get bonuses above and beyond their regular season salary. And the more you advance, the higher the bonus you get. Do practice squad players get any of this? How good a week could it be for Tyree Cleveland, who thought his year was all but over? He's on the Broncos practice squad, the Eagles uh, pick them up off off waivers and add them to their practice squad, how good a week could Tyree Cleveland have financially?
4: Yeah, not that good. Uh, well, you know, Better than point... you and me,
3: how much money are you going to make if the Eagles yeah. win this week? Unless you're playing uh, on making a big bet there, bud.
4: Yeah, well, the Boston Scott bet will help me. But, uh, you know, the troll touchdown, as I like to call it, um, we'll talk about the prop bets with, with our buddy Scott. Grayson hosts the props and locks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know the numbers because, to be honest, I'm not that interested in it. But it's a shockingly low amount uh, compared to, you know, the typical salaries. Uh, you know, baseball, you're a baseball guy. They have a much better sort of postseason um, spike in revenue when you go far. Uh, the NFL, it's always been pretty light, Um from that perspective. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're involved in it, but, uh, and, and the practice squad salaries are, I think 12 grand a week this year, something in that range, a little bit less. And it's, um,
3: it's the same thing for every practice squad player, right? There's no, where... you can
4: play guys more. You, you, there's, there's wiggle room. Uh, a lot of guys get more than that, to be honest, a lot of veterans since they changed the rules. A lot of veteran players, you know, it's not drastic, not like a regular salary, but there is some there is some wiggle room yes, to that. I, okay,
3: I thought uh, I'd be the same I, same same
4: lo- well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, just looking it up real quick. Uh, Eleven thousand five hundred per week is the minimum. Nineteen nine is the maximum. So there's a lot of wiggle room uh, there for practice squad players, um, but that's week. To week 18, you know, the, the playoffs sort of, you know, um, it's a weird setup financially, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, everybody wants to be in the playoffs. So nobody's complaining about it. All right.
3: Speaking of complaining, uh, we're doing a lot of that today. You're noting other people's complaining. Um, how much complaining are we going to get leading up to during and after The Fox broadcast, which, you know, of course, you can listen to Mike and Merrill on 94 WIP, the actual hometown broadcast team. Uh, A lot of people will just leave their TV on and take the Fox broadcast, which this week it's Joe Davis, Moose Johnston, Pam Oliver on the sidelines, a.k.a. Fox's B-team. Uh, Their second broadcast team, the top team, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, are heading out to San Francisco for uh, 49ers and Cowboys. Uh, A, it's the B team. B, Moose Johnston used to be a Cowboy. How much complaining after the fact will we get about the broadcast out? I I kind of, now this is just me. I'd pay attention to the game itself and what's actually going on down on the field, rather than get worked up one way or the other about how or who is calling the game. But you know, there are some people out there, John, that are going to have major issues. I, I, I said, I, did I say this with you the other day? I think we stayed away for it on Burt's three sixty-five. And if that's the case, um, I'm glad. Well, I'm kind of glad that we did the outrage of Al Michaels call at the end of the.
4: Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even game. hear it. I was watching the game and I didn't even hear it. I don't know when I watch games, which is often not often. Cause I'm usually at stadiums. Right. But when I, I, I mean, I kind of tune it out. Like I, I don't pay that much attention to the announcers. Um, but yeah, to your point. Oh yeah. They're going to be incensed. I mean, there's two things. Well, first of all, they're going to be incensed by the officials, Cleet Blakeman, which, by the way, the Eagles have a tremendous record uh, when Cleep Blakeman is the referee. So another advantage uh, for the Eagles um, traditionally. I think it's like 13-1. and one. It's outrageous. Really? Um, yeah, something like that. Don't quote me on that, but it's really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so it'll be officials first. Um an ounce or second, and I don't get either of them. So I mean, I don't get either of them. You know, I, I looked it up real quick. Last year, you got sixty five grand uh, if you reach the conference championship. Uh, the players, I don't know, practice squad, and the Super Bowl one hundred fifty for the winner, seventy five for the loser, um, and that sixty five was up six thousand. So if it's up six thousand this year, that would make it uh, seventy-one and a hundred. But yeah, it's not it doesn't it's not like baseball uh when you reach the postseason. It's a little yeah, bit strange. And,
3: and in defense of baseball they play a series and in the National Football League you play one game. So there's so much only so much revenue coming in. And yeah, or the, the big derivation is that television money. The owners hold on to that television money. You know the television <laughs> money just goes through the roof for playoff broadcasts. It seems like the players aren't getting their their, their percentage of it if uh, the numbers you're quoting are accurate that they uh, can or should be uh, getting more. But I just think it's hysterical the things that people complain about uh, that Michaels thing. The the Jaguars had one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the National Football League. Postseason third biggest comeback ever. The nervy go for two points with Trevor Lawrence by Doug Peterson. And after the game, all social media is talking about. What an uninspired call by Al Michaels. Why is Al Michaels still doing game? Get that old man out of here. He has no. Number one, I watch every Thursday night game. I, I do a Twitter spaces spot at halftime of every Thursday night game. So I watched Al Michaels all year on Amazon. I get Amazon, so I'm watching it anyway. Al Michaels is Al Michaels. He's still great. I thought Kirk Street actually was really good. I had my questions about Street. The way you're doing college football all week long, and then you're going to parachute in for the NFL. Hey, come on. He was really good. I thought their Amazon broadcast in-game stuff was phenomenal. Pre and post-game, that's another story. But I thought they were great. All right, so we had an uninspired call on the last play of the game. There was a penalty, which kind of botched it to begin with anyway, but people get worked up about the stupidest things, Pizza Hut. Oh,
4: uh, well, no better indication of it this week. I'm going to rip our own producer, Tone, right now. Tone Tone was upset that Dexter Lawrence called uh, Jason Kelsey scrappy. I mean, what are we doing here? I I, I can't get that. Everybody gets upset over everything. Is he That's, not scrappy? He is uh, very scrappy. Exactly. Dexter Lawrence is uh six six four, probably three fifty on a on a good day. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey's undersized for a center. He, uh, that that was the whole thing. Why it was a six round pick. I mean, the fact that he's able to do what he what he's able to do is Phenomenal because he's usually facing people like Dexter Lawrence, but he wasn't insulting Jason Kelsey. He's got, I've heard him talk about Jason Kelsey. He's got tremendous respect for Jason Kelsey, but yeah, I mean, whether it's pizza hut or um, announcers officials, like Cleep Lakeman is not against the Eagles. I guarantee you that. So
3: you got, you got to get me that exact number tomorrow what the Eagles record is in games that he's refereed. Cause it's, if it's, if it's as substantial, as you said, that's <laughs> just now the Eagles are this good. They, they went 14 and three. So we expect every, all of the referees who had a chance to referee the Eagles. Um, some of them have been doing it longer. So they'll have a uh, longer track record. Uh, but uh, just recently, the Eagles numbers are going to be good with every refereeing crew. But if that's the case, 13 and one and one refereeing crew, Holy mackerel, that would be awesome. If it,
4: yeah, I'd be more upset if I were the Giants. I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, uh, the, the, yeah, you the, should have. Uh,
3: <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a
4: word. No, I don't know. I don't have. know if that number is official. Oh, I know okay. It's... Yeah,
3: no, no. And we're not holding you to it, but do me a favor if you know how to look that no, 13 up. 13 and 1.
4: 13 and 1. That number is right. 13 and 1. 13, uh, 13 and
3: 1. That's. Uh, yeah please try and make an argument on oh the eagles got screwed by the refereeing crew that they said here for the game stop it can't be when they're sending in a team that's 13 and one in eagle games that they've worked together well
4: and 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 by the way there might be a call that goes against the eagles there probably will be a call that goes against the eagles on on saturday um it's not not every brother, it's
3: not Roger Goodell making a call from Madison yeah. Avenue calling down, uh-oh, this game's too close. You gotta give the giants a call here. We 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 can't have this.
4: Not everything is a conspiracy, and uh human beings uh like officials do make mistakes, and it's not because they hate your favorite team. Um I don't get it, I'll never get it. Um, you know, same thing with announcers. Uh, you know, there's certain, and uh, uh, now I, I always joke because you know, I've said this before NFL films is in Mount Laurel, it's been in Mount Laurel for forever. If anything, um, there are more people in 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 the NFL who are Eagles fans than probably any other team in television production because of where NFL films has been. Now they do a lot of work in Los Angeles as well, so maybe it's shifting a little bit, but for years there was an astonishing amount of Eagles fans just because most people around here are Eagles fans. Um, and, and, and there was always this method of, Oh, 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 now I get it. The high profile, you know, they go with Cowboys. So that's part of it with Tony Romo and Troy Aikman. And you mentioned Daryl Johnson. I've never seen any evidence that they're, um, you know, kowtowing over to the Dallas Cowboys on broadcast, but I don't watch it that much or pay right. attention to an
3: And Cowboy coming in to do the game this week. Believe yeah. you, me, when, uh, come uh, Sunday, when we're analyzing the job done by the broadcast network, it's going to be biased against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's pretty much a guarantee. I right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. I see in our waiting room, we've got Scott Grayson, sports anchor from Fox 29, host of Props and Locks there. We'll get into Eagles Giants with Scotty G next here on Birds 365.
5: and I'm a Managing Director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
6: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise... We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
7: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
6: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about
2: you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
8: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
0: Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney.
2: Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And
0: Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
3: We got Mega Mac here on Verge 365. We are joined by our bud from Fox 29, Mr. Scott Grayson, who looks ready for some football. He's gone non-hoodie on us. He's actually got a nice dress golf shirt.
4: Yeah. Oh, he's a TV guy. He's got to look sharp. You know, we can show up with the hoodies and yeah.
3: Apparently I don't look sharp because these guys keep ripping me on the, I had surgery on my head. Okay. That's why I've got black eyes trauma to my head i'm not fuzzing up my camera i don't give a shit what i look like if i did i wouldn't be doing the show i would have backed out and go yeah just put grayson in for me he's a TV guy he looks good if looking good was the key determinant then i sure as hell wouldn't be here but scott grayson you do look good thanks for joining us
10: hey I, I, hey, glad to be here i, I always appreciate the invitation and, and what you have jody what you look like you got going on here is a good playoff football look yeah. That, and, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It got your ass kicked look more than anything <laughs> else. But thank you for noticing. Hey, you're doing great. You're coming to work, punching the clock no matter what. That's, that's right. That's man. the Philly way. You know, that's right. Thank that's the Billy
4: way. way. Rocky. You fight through it. You fight through it. And the Eagles are, are fighting through it, or are they, Scott? Because hey, I said before the playoffs started, this is this is the matchup I would have wanted uh for the Eagles. But you know. First of all, that old trope—it's uh, hard to beat the team three times, even though the numbers say the exact opposite. Uh, then you had Cleep Blakeman as the official. I just brought that up. We'll go down that route. You might want to throw this on the show. The Eagles are thirteen and one when Cleep Blakeman is is the referee. Um, things look good on paper,
10: don't they, Scott? They do. And, and sometimes, I guess as an Eagles fan, right, that's what causes you to kind of look in the mirror and go, wait a minute. Uh, if things are too good to be true or they look too good to be true, do I need to stop and, and think about what I'm missing here, right? I, I agree with you, John. I, I think this is the matchup that a lot of people as, as Eagles fans were looking at and saying this, this is a good one. This is what you'd like to have. Um, I mean, it, it just – everything screams. Eagles, all the stats. I mean, the the pressure you get from the defense. You're getting healthier on the back end with Gardner Johnson having shaken off some rust in that last regular season game against the, the Giants. I don't expect Devontae Maddox back this week, but he's getting closer uh, on offense. You've got Lane Johnson back in there again. And, um, you know, everything says this team at home, you know, with the crowd yeah. on a Saturday night. Like, the NFL is giving these fans – Plenty of time to get all lathered up and ready to go. Oh, yeah, night, you know, all
4: day, all day. Nice it's, job, NFL.
10: It says it should be Eagles. I mean the the spread is saying Eagles by more than a touchdown. Last I looked, uh, you know, I, I I feel like it's all right there. It's the only way this team beats uh, loses is if they beat themselves. Yeah. Did your yeah. confidence level in Jalen hurt's shoulder improve
3: in the last twenty four hours, Scott Grayson?
10: You know, honestly, uh, Jody, I've been one of those people all along who hasn't been all that worried about it. Because when I saw what he did in the fourth quarter in Chicago, after hurting it, it was, I mean, that was an impressive quarter for a healthy quarterback, let alone a guy with a sore shoulder. I think they just were being very careful, which was the prudent and smart thing to do. Um, But now that you're in the playoffs, I know he's not on the injury report now. Obviously, that does make me feel a little better. Um, to not have any kind of injury designation there from practicing. Uh, but overall, I think you look at, at Jalen Hurts and you've got to take the leash off him now. You've got to let Jalen be Jalen. Let him be the guy who who got you here in the first place. And I fully expect that they will. Like you're in the playoffs now. It's survive in advance. You've got to go out there with your best. And and I think you got to go out there with your best Jalen, which is letting him do what he does best. He's just got to be smart in the process. And I think he's more than more than capable of doing that.
4: Uh, you mentioned, and, and I go back to that Washington game, and I agree with you, Scott. I, like, the Eagles are 14-1 and one when Jalen Hurts starts, and the one loss is the Washington game. And they kind of say behind the scenes, you know, maybe we're 15-0 and because we beat ourselves with the four turnovers and all that stuff that happened in that game, not being able to get off the field, huge time of possession, but if, if if you go if you look at the New York Giants and and you throw that out and say all right yeah if if the Eagles shoot themselves in the foot is there anything personnel wise that you say oh we might have a problem with this from the Giants
10: yeah I mean that's right that's another thing you look at and say every matchup almost favors the Eagles but the one thing that that you look at and where you could go Jody back to Jalen Hurts is. We know the Giants love to blitz. They're the highest blitzing team in the in the league. So, now, I know they didn't blitz a ton against the Vikings, which was a little uncharacteristic. Partially, might have been what confused Kirk Cousins a little bit. But, um, you know, I expect that they will go back to being what they are. They're going to come at you with what they do best. They blitz. And I think they're going to look to get Jalen out of the pocket. They're going to look to get him out moving around. They want him moving. They want him testing that shoulder on the move. They want him potentially turning upfield and running the ball. Um, and, and whether or not they're there to be able to make the plays is, is going to be another story. But I think if you look at it, it's not so much personnel that, that, that concerns me at all with the Giants. It's how will the Eagles handle what they do? Is Lane Johnson going to be well enough to shift quickly and pick up a blitzer? um uh, to make the read he needs to make on that offensive line to stop that guy coming through those are the kind of things that I think are going to be more interesting to watch there's not really any personnel that that concerns me here I mean they held Saquon Barkley in check the first time the game one game one is what I look at that last game of the regular season was junk you know and and obviously it was what it was but there's nothing personnel-wise that says to me. Uh, Daniel Jones, with his legs, even is is the one thing I concern myself with potentially a little bit. But the Eagles' linebackers are are built to be able to handle something like that. And, uh, and this line gets to you in a hurry. So, no, I'm not I'm not too worried about any one person or any matchup specifically personnel-wise with that team.
3: Nice. Right, so I appreciate the fact that you cut Kirk Cousins some slack. Did did they blitz on that massive? Fourth and four yards. That was just uh, Dexter
4: Lawrence bulldozing. That was Cleveland. Yeah.
3: Kurt, what the hell were you thinking there? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, last time the Eagles and Giants played regulars against regulars up at MetLife six weeks ago, the Eagles only registered seven sacks against Daniel Jones, uh, including three by uh, BG Brandon Graham. How big is the Eagles pass rush in this game? Because to Daniel Jones' credit, he's played better. Still don't think he's great. Think he's good. Think he's a solid quarterback and he's capable of playing a nice game against the Eagles this week. How much pressure do they need to get on him to make sure that that doesn't happen?
10: Well, that's I think that's the key. Um, it was twofold, right? I, like I said, they did a good job of limiting uh, Saquon Barkley and putting the Giants in some you know second and third and longs. That helps any defensive pass rush. Uh, and if they can do that again, I have full confidence that Daniel Jones will make some mistakes. And that pass rush is good. I mean, we all um, at times I have been critical of Gannon as well with his defensive style and the lack of blitzing. But they're getting there without the blitz. And to his credit, he hasn't changed who he is, despite the criticism that comes from this city. Uh, and and I think in this game, it it sets up very well for the Eagles to Get home without having the need to blitz, and it's it's key. You want to get back there, and even if you don't get back there, you've got to hit the quarterback, and if you can hit Jones and you start making him aware you're there, he's going to throw it up and you're going to get some interceptions. I think that's that's the game plan right there. It's just limit the running a game enough with Saquon that you can get out there and then uh, get that pass rush home. With all these guys they have on this defensive line, I mean, it's ridiculous that they have – almost like a hockey line change they can do on that defensive line with the the amount of guys who can get home. It's, it, it is a huge advantage to this defense when you get in the postseason. I know everybody keys in on the offense and scoring points for every team in the league, but this defense I fully expect – I'm looking to see this defense, quite frankly, be how they win this game. Uh, to me, that's what I want to see. Um, I want them to get home, like you said, seven sacks. Go get Daniel Jones. Just get him down. Don't even let him get out of the pocket. And I think they're capable of doing that. This is a really good defensive line that I think will set the tone. Uh,
4: I do want to bring up Saquon just from the standpoint of, you know, that guy's talented. I mean, he is really, really talented. And, you know, we talk about the Eagles' personnel advantages and uh, all the the great decisions Howie Roseman has made, rightfully so. One of them's Kaiser White uh, doesn't get as much – you know, uh, high nor should he is Hassan Reddick and AJ Brown and James Bradbury, but really solid pickup. He has, however, kind of faltered down the stretch. Now he played great in, in the Giants in week 18, but as you said, I kind of junked that that was a junk game. I throw that out. Saquon was not out there. The two previous games, he really, really struggled. Probably his worst games of the year. And this guy. In the passing game, I'm not worried as much about Saquon in the running game. The Eagles play how they play against the run, and they're going to give up some runs because they're more concerned about the big play down the field. But when he gets the football with those swing passes, that that concerns me a little bit. Uh, am I overestimating that?
10: No, I don't think you are because as he vacates the backfield, that's going to create an issue of. And this is where I'll be curious to see whether the Eagles uh, leave any kind of spy in the mix for Daniel Jones. But when you bring the back out, you take a, back, a linebacker most likely on him, of course, like you said. What does that do for what you're leaving behind for potentially Daniel Jones to escape a pocket and go somewhere? Uh, as well as, like you said, Saquon is really good out of the backfield, he's a good receiver. It, once he gets those pads north-south, that's the key. you got to get upfield and get there when he catches the ball, not allow him to to get north-south and then be able to make some moves. I think that is going to be a, a thing you've got to watch this week. They're going to be looking to get the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands fast. Well, how do you do that? You've got to utilize the back. You've got to utilize your tight ends. Um, you know, So that is going to be – that is their biggest strength, Saquon Barkley and his versatility. Uh, And I got to believe that they're going to go down swinging with their best. And that's, that's something you're going to have to keep an eye on. But like you said, Kaiser White in week 18 did play better. Why is that significant? I think it allowed him to build some confidence um, because you're right. He has struggled down the stretch. Uh, So I looked at that and that was one of the takeaways I took was I'm seeing Kaiser White flying around the field in a way I haven't seen him the last few weeks. And I know it was the backups for the giants, but in terms of building confidence and getting back into a rhythm, I thought that was key. And we'll see how much it matters uh, for him to build off of that this coming week. But I, cause I think he will be with his speed. He is going to be one of those guys who's going to have to keep an eye on, on Barkley when he gets out of the backfield. And and so that will be a matchup to watch.
3: Scotty, no, even uh, after this game is played, hopefully still uh, less than two full years in nick sirianni's coaching career that being said how important is this game to his career resume i know it's only going to grow we hope Sirianni's around here for a nice long period of time and we got a big example sample size to judge from but playoff wins are playoff wins and you can go 14 and three but if you get picked off at home by a seven point underdog in the first round kind of makes that 14 and three disappear how important is this game to Nick Sirianni's coaching resume?
10: I think it's big, Jody. I don't think you can understate how big this is. You're right. 14-30, you know, you got this home game here, a home playoff game. Um, if they lose this game to a division opponent, no less, who's been in the, in the realms of the Dungeons for the last, you know, decade or so for the most part, uh, you allow them to get up off the mat and go to the NFC Championship game by beating you at home, this town will not let you forget that for a while. Uh, and it'll be a long off season, full of plenty of criticism of, of having the good team and not being able to take it anywhere close to the finish line. I set the bar when I when this season started with, um, you know, I need to see them get a playoff win. Now, I know they advanced to a further round than they did last year, but I still want to see that. I need to see that playoff win. Uh, and, and this gets you to the NFC championship game. You've got everything set up for you. You've got the weakest opponent remaining in the NFC. Um, it's there for you. And if you can't get it done, that speaks volumes to then what's not happening that you can't get it done in the playoffs. I look back to last year. There's people who say there shouldn't be seven teams in the in the playoffs. Maybe not. I mean, what was broken was six. But when you look back to last year, the Eagles getting that playoff experience with this young team, that young quarterback, this coaching staff, I expect that to pay dividends this year. I got to believe they learned a lot in that experience last year going down to Tampa with preparation, with focus, with game planning. Um, and now you're the dog. You're the big dog. You've got the target on your back. How do you handle that? I think there's a lot to be learned from last year, and I need to see that pay off with a good win at home this year.
4: Yeah, it was interesting. talked about that with Nick Sirianni yesterday. He kind of downplayed it, Scott. But the players, they, they said – especially Jordan Mailata, they said it was very valuable. So uh, certainly I think from a player perspective, at least, Nick's very cognizant of like nothing changes. Week one <laughs> Detroit, playoffs, preparation stays the same. I get that from a coaching perspective. but And I, I want to talk about the coaching staff as a whole. Kind of strange to me. You know, Brian Dayball, tremendous job. I, I think he should be coach of the year. I've said it. Um, because my definition is doing the most with the least. And I think that defines him. Doesn't mean he's a better coach than Nick Sirianni or that that staff is a better staff than this staff. which was, again, they were 14 and one with their starting quarterback, but you get this narrative in Philadelphia, forget about New York and Philadelphia where eh, their coaching staff is better than ours. Is that just the typical Philadelphia angst? Because this staff is, Pretty damn good.
10: The the staff in New York you're talking about?
4: Well, both, but oh, no, yeah, the staff in Philadelphia. But I get the feeling that there's a lot of Eagles fans. Not all of them, a lot of Eagles fans who think, you know, that staff is better than our staff. I don't get that mentality.
10: No, and that's partly because of what I said before about the the anxiety we all get watching Jonathan Gannon. Right? They get a big <laughs> it's always,
4: lead. It's always poor JG. <laughs>
10: And 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 how much credit then do you give Shane Steichen because you know that, that Nick Sirianni is an offensive coach, uh, you know there's there's that I think that all goes into it and that perception. Um, how good has this staff been? Well, you look at uh, to me, I look back at last year to this year, and I'll take Jonathan Gannon first. Last year, a very passive defense. Um, clearly, something happened where he said, "I need X, Y, Z type of personnel uh, to fit what I want to do." And they gave it to him. And now you see what's happened as a result. Very successful defense. Very successful, uh, you know, almost historic level of sacks that this team was able to do with very minimal blitzing. And then they've got the back end to be able to get plays done, the personnel there. Um, To me, I think that Jonathan Gannon deserves a lot of credit. He makes me pull my hair out, uh, a little more gray here on the sides watching this team with – At least
4: you got hair to pull out. Uh,
10: You know, they just – they get passive with the lead, but he's playing the long game and knowing the analytics and the stats, they have very little time left on the clock, blah, blah, blah. I get it. You can't argue with the results. They're winning. Um, Shane Steichen, look, there's a reason these guys are getting a lot of job opportunities. Steichen has um, you know, the interviews just like Gannon does, and I expect one or if not both to be gone from here. That doesn't happen because of all the talking of going on. You know, These teams are doing their homework. How much are these guys really – Um, you know, a factor in the success of this team, I think the interviews and the job interviews tell you about their reputation and their work ethic. Uh, I think that's a big key, but you're right. I think that you've got to give credit to the Giants coaching staff and more and more around the league. Look at the coaches that are left. What is the common theme? They create winning and positive cultures within their buildings. Uh, Doug Peterson, has totally changed like he did here coming in after chip Kelly has changed the culture in Jacksonville in one year had to had to remake that culture from what Urban Meyer did um that wasn't an easy task uh you look at Dable he's changed the culture there in New York um I think that that's the biggest you know factor and I think the players are responding to that that's what today's players want They want that kind of winning culture. They want to feel that that coach has their back. I think Dable's done a great job of that. I think Gannon and his staff have done a great job of that, too. So you're going to see two good coaches and coaching staffs uh, here in Philadelphia on Saturday.
3: Wow, you've just planted a seed in my mind. Best way to succeed as an NFL head coach jump in after an overrated college coach's
4: display yeah. program, well, and you all of a sudden easier.
3: become a superhero. Yeah. That's yeah. all you got to do. Follow Doug Peterson's lead. Well, Place yeah. Chip Kelly and or Urban Meyer, and you too can be considered a phenomenal coach. <laughs> uh, I didn't, yeah. I, I'd never put those two together. Shame on me for that. Thank you for that, Scott Great. <laughs> all right. It uh, sounds like uh, I'm a bigger uh, Jonathan Gannon fan than you are. McMullen, unquestionably a bigger Jonathan Gannon fan than you are. Um, But here's one concern that I do have for the game coming up on Saturday. The whole they don't blitz enough thing is idiotic. The fans who go down that road, they got to be more aggressive. As you just pointed out, almost historic sack numbers. When you get that, you can't question how he goes about getting it. And the fact that people still do just makes me nuts. But I think a more legit concern is... They don't play aggressively on the outsides on the corners they don't press they play zone they play zone 95 percent of the time and the giants with their somewhat surprising maybe even overachieving wide receivers certainly no one with any kind of a track record they have less 25 yard down the field plays than anyone in the national football league they're dead last 32nd out of 32 so if they're going to throw the football it's either going to be Barkley out of the backfield or quick hitters they their wide receivers do you have any faith that Gannon will let Bradford and Slay get up and play some bump and run coverage on Saturday against the Giants because at least as per the statistics that's one thing you can and should be looking to take away from the Giants
10: yeah and, and I think that's been what I've, I've been waiting for this because the last few weeks in December, as they were that one win away from clinching the number one seed, I felt like they got, um, they, 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 they closed down the playbook a little bit and they got more vanilla on defense, especially with all the zone against the Cowboys. They played the giants a little bit loose because I, I think they knew they had the chance to face these teams in the playoffs and didn't want to tip their cap too much, you know, head to head like that. And so I, I, I want to see Gannon go back. These to me, Slay and Bradbury, are two guys who want that one on one coverage. They want that pressure on them to make a play. And, and I think they're better, frankly, in those areas. So I expect Gannon to go back to, you know, and do more of letting them, you know, play their game. Um, but it is, you're right, it is a frustrating thing watching this team in so much zone. And Dak Prescott just picked it apart in a Dallas game left and right. It was that vanilla. And I think that it, 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 I expect, and again, look, Gannon, you know, he's, you know we've all heard the, the reports. He's believed to be a front runner or one of the front runners for the Houston Texans job. And you got a, a job interview here uh, on, on Saturday night. I think he's, I would expect him to unleash a great game plan to show that he's got all these different weapons and tools and, and this versatility and can confuse the heck out of Daniel Jones. And I want to see these corners play more that way. I mean, at times it's like, it's screaming, play pressure coverage, press them, you know, jab them at the line. You're right, Jody. They don't threaten you downfield. So what's the best way to disrupt the, a route? You jab them at the line and get the timing off. I, I I mean, it's screaming to do that more this week. But as Gannon uh, frustrates us, I expect that at times he will drop in his zone when we're saying, no, it's telling you to do – he knows more football than I do. You got to trust him. But I agree with you at those corners. I want to see them playing more man and more pressure coverage. Uh, I, I can't stand the loose zones.
4: Yeah, nobody nobody can. It's not <laughs> aesthetic, but, uh, you know, if you, if you watch wild card football, you saw a lot of zone coverages around, and the Eagles do it better than anybody else. So I think contextually, I think that's where JG kind of sets himself apart uh at S. @grayson box 29 follow him on twitter prop host of props and locks uh 630 right scott every yes. friday
10: now friday night we got a lot of playoff stuff we're going to get into this weekend it should be a lot of fun
4: um my lock this week in, in props and locks is the boston Scott touchdown the yeah. eagles are well aware of the numbers, and they kind of like to troll the Giants by getting Boston Scott the touch that gets him the touchdown. What What's your lock this week when you're talking about the Eagles-Giants?
10: It, it is funny you said that because I've thought that from the moment that matchup started. It's like, well, you know, and you'd see the memes on Twitter and then social media. I mean, the, the different, you know, Boston Scott strutting into the office, you know, all these different guys, you know, because he, he knows he's going to get one this week. He has. It's what history says will happen. To me, that's a great one. Uh, I To that extent, I wonder if the Eagles have considered – I mean, you look at – I know they won't because they're creatures of habit, but how great would it be to throw him back there on some punt returns or uh, a kickoff return, uh, you know? Or, I well, know he might get but, the
4: kickoff return. Yeah, he's doing return. a great job. As a I'm all for
10: getting the guy some more touches because clearly he produces against this team. And and you know that, like, it's got to be in their heads, right? The oh, Giants, yeah. uh, you oh, know, yeah. and so – to me, that's a great one. Uh, another one uh, th- this week, I would I would expect you could play at a, a, a Dak Prescott interception. I expect he'll throw one. Um, I think, you know, on that side of the ball, that's great. The AFC is just going to be fun to watch because I think that's going to just be a heavyweight fight. A I'm gonna, fight I'll, all right, one. I'll give
4: you one since you bring up the AFC. I'm going to give you another one, Scott. Go, Go over five sacks of Joe Burrow. Uh, because wow. that Cincinnati offensive line is really banged up, a ton of injuries. Yep. Plus, Joe likes to hang on to the football. He's that guy that likes to hang on to it to the very last minute, try to get the big plays down the field, and he'll get some of them. But he's going to get he's going to get knocked down quite a bit, I think. Uh, It's
10: not a bad one. And the other thing with, you know, if you look at Cincinnati, uh, they haven't had a home playoff game in, in, you know, well, I mean, you know, last week, but they're playing so many games on the road. And now this one is a tough one as well. And um, yeah, that's not a bad, it's not a bad thought there. Uh, I I know a lot of people want to see Jacksonville be competitive with Kansas City. I just don't see it.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm rooting for Doug, but I'm with you. Let me close
3: it out with you on this note, Scott. I'm going to give you a multiple choice question. Okay. And I know full well the answer is probably somewhere between A and B. But you have to pick either A or B. Which are the two of the two are you closer to? It's a stone cold lock that sometime in the very near future, Brock Purdy turns back into a pumpkin. And the rookiness shows out and he makes a big mistake and he crashes and burns. Or this guy is the second coming of Kurt Warner. Out of the supermarket, stocking shelves, NFL Europe, the Arena League. And he takes the Rams all the way to the Super Bowl and runs the greatest show on turf. We know the answer is somewhere in the middle between those two things. But which one are you closer to, A or
10: B? See, I'm I'm of the opinion that I will give you your answer after I I give an explainer. Uh, I'm of the opinion that he is partially a product of the talent around him um now that you know the, the, he's done a great job the eagles have not made him uh, not the eagles uh, teams have not made him have to win the game with his arm by throwing 30 to 40 times uh what will happen when that happens um you know that that i want to see um i think you know when you you line him up with christian mccaffrey which was a huge and amazing trade for them to make in in the season that's been a key piece you had the Mr. Versatility, Debo Samuel. You got George Kittle over in the middle, who has been a real big security blanket for Purdy. And then you give him the defense he has on the other side of the ball. Has he really had to win a game for them? You know, And I, don't I,
4: forget Brandon Ayuk as well. He, yeah. Uh, he's you a playmaker.
10: That? So yeah. has he really had to win a game for them? So it, will he turn back into a pumpkin? I'll tell you this, Jody. I want to see – As much as it would be a phenomenal week of trash talk and God knows what here in Philadelphia if it's Eagles-Cowboys for an NFC Championship game, I kind of want to see this Eagles defense against that Niners offense and what they would do with Purdy and how he would answer um, to get a better answer, frankly, to your question. Which way is he leaning towards? Am am I leaning towards? I think he's shown enough to show he can be a player in this league. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer like Kurt Warner. Can he be a starting quarterback in this league? Yes, I, I'm convinced he can be a starting quarterback in this league. Yeah, um, as so as I, as I think Dave, I don't know if that answers your question well enough.
3: Yeah. And, and, I like I like the, the qualifier that a lot of people do. Oh, but look at all the weapons he had. Well, guess what? Kurt Warner had all those weapons too, and nobody says, "Oh,
0: Kurt Warner's is not really well, good." Well, I think that I, 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 I think the Isaac better. Cruz.
4: I think the better comp is Jimmy Garoppolo. For everyone who says Jimmy, Jimmy had all that, but he didn't play as well as Brock Purdy. So for the people that completely crap on uh, Brock Purdy, I think he is playing well. But I'm not going to hedge, Scott. I'm going to predict Pumpkin and Midnight Strikes January 29th in Philadelphia. That's what I'm was- part in front of a, a bunch of 70,000. People where you can hear the noise across the Delaware River completely, completely falls apart. That's we'll my get, prediction. we'll get um, a good
10: early look at that. When what does he do when Micah Parsons is harassing him? You know, um, and, and what do the Niners do to try to avoid that? Because that's Micah Parsons who can get that rush when you have, yeah, the, he
4: might not back. even get here. You're right. That Cowboys team they've lacked consistency, but if they play well, they can beat anybody, they can beat anybody.
3: So he Tone might not sa- even get here. Tone saved that clip. Completely falls apart again. Completely,
4: against completely falls apart. Dick I'm not Mullen running from it. Way
3: the hell out there on the limb on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, a I certain.
4: Am- by the way, I heard that same sentiment from a certain Eagles uh, player yesterday in the locker room. <laughs> they're, they're not gonna- supposed. They're not supposed to look ahead, but they're chomping at the bit to get at uh, Brock Purdy. Okay, I'm sure.
3: Uh, be be careful what you wish for sure. uh, Scotty Locke we wish uh, always a pleasure whenever you jump on board with us give our boy ton a hey for us thank <laughs> you much for doing it today
10: yeah Aton, usually you have to smack him in the face a couple times thanks
4: yeah. <laughs> nice, Scott
10: alright you
3: got right, it guys thank, thank you, you. Uh, Fox 29 here with us on Birds 365
4: alright running a little
3: late we gotta come back put a bow on the show here on Birds 365
5: My name is uh, Franz Heleno. I'm a managing director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
6: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
7: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
6: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's
2: all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
8: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
0: With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had
7: we not
2: won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying?
0: And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Phil he is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
5: Uh,
3: running out of time here on Bird Street 365 McMullen and McDonald. All right. If I go to jacobsports.com a little later today and look up the latest posted John McMullen article on the Philadelphia Eagles, what's it most likely going to be about?
4: Uh, it depends what uh, people say down at the Nobercare complex today. You never know where it's going to go, Jody. Uh, but I did want to address, I did do the Boston Scott thing. I think that's. Uh, you got to do that during the Giants week, and there's been so many Giants weeks. And by the way, in the 48-22 win um, at MetLife, Boston Scott scored. Um, in Week 18, Boston Scott scored. As 17 career touchdowns, 10 against the New York Giants. It's unbelievable.
3: <laughs> that is stone called unbelievable, but for those who were benefit who benefited from it. And I said it on birds, three sixty five. I said a day of game on WIP three to one Boston Scott, anytime touchdown lock. And it was, I haven't seen the number yet. They don't, they, they, they don't post these numbers that far out. The player prop locks are not usually posted this far out yet. So it hasn't come out yet. It's going to be maybe slightly above two to one. I probably under two to one. Yeah, the Vegas books have gotten wise to this, that it's a given that the Eagles bend over backwards to try and get Boston Scott a touchdown against the New York Giants. Uh, well, I'll be looking forward to whatever you post. Uh, have a good day down at the Novacare Complex. Good one tomorrow. John Stolnis is going to be on with us and hopefully Ralph Vecchiano, who covers the entire NFC East for uh, Fox. Um, so we got two good guests and Barrett's going to be
4: in for me hour two because uh, everything's moved up a day tomorrow
3: is uh, Sirianni day
4: Uh, yeah So uh, it's Saturday instead of a Sunday game so everything so Barrett, uh, Brooks, kind enough I'll be here hour one, he'll be here hour two with Jody McDonald sounds good, all right, uh, J-Mac
3: would do it again tomorrow in two and two
1: You've been listening to Birds 365.